0: Welcome to It's the ADHD Friendly Podcast, where we talk all things well-being, personal development, and live in our best damn ADHD lives at home and at work. My name is Karen McGill. I'm a certified ADHD life coach, and I'm here to help you do life better. Hey, everyone. Happy Friday. How was your week? My week was amazing. It was really, really good. And I'm excited for the weekend ahead. My husband's on a business trip. So I'm here by myself doing the solo thing. And I plan to watch all the chick flicks and clean and organize all the things, which makes me so excited. I almost can't believe those words just came out of my mouth. (laughs) But anyway, guys, we are zeroing in on the last 90 days of this year, if you can believe it. I I certainly can. And I first learned of this last 90 days mindset from Rachel Hollis, and she has her own process for planning out the last 90 days of the year. And I took that and spun it into how I like to do my planning for the last 90 days. And today I'm sharing that. This is the audio version of my YouTube video that I also released today. So head over to my YouTube channel at just my name, Karen McGill. If you want to see it, there's some helpful visuals, but you are totally going to be able to run with just the audio portion of it. So if you hear me refer to it being a video, that's why. But as a short preamble, I also wanted to just prepare you that if you want to actually sit down and do this planning process, you might want to watch the video or save this recording for the actual planning. But I would recommend that if you're on a walk or driving your car, you're still going to get a lot out of the process that I share. And I always like to say, even if my process is not something that would work for you, take elements or take what inspires you and add it to your own process. At the end of the day, as long as you have a process that works for you, where you're actually intentionally planning your time and then reviewing it at the end of a period so that you can see how you did and take learning and knowledge away from how you plan and how you actually execute, you're going to grow so much faster than if you just live life by the seat of your pants. I mean, obviously life happens the way it happens and we can plan as much as we want, but life is going to happen and unfold the way it's going to unfold. But there's so much we can learn through that cycle of being intentional, thinking about what we want, executing on it, and then seeing how we progressed. The other thing that I would say that I didn't mention in the clip that I'm about to share is that I really recommend that in the last 90 days... Pick one thing that is going to be your priority. And I know those of us with ADHD and multi-potentialites alike uh, bristle at the idea of picking one thing because we love all of the things, but I see this over and over again in my coaching with my clients. If you have too many things on your plate, nothing gets enough attention to make real progress. And that's when we start to get into overwhelm and burnout. So if you're able to identify one thing that's more important than all of the other things, it's not one thing to the exclusion of everything else, but one thing that's more important than everything else, then that can be the thing that you either do first in the day, or that gets the priority attention in your day, that gets the most mind share of your day, that gets the reward when it's done, the one thing that you know, if I can get this one thing done, then I can move on to the next things that are also important to me with the knowledge that the most primary thing has been addressed in the day. And that's going to shift from either day to day or week to week. So for example, for the next couple of days while my husband's away, my one thing has nothing to do with work. It has to do with keeping my dogs alive. <laughs> they are 14 and 15. They require a lot of care. And my husband and I tag team it, but I'm on my own. So keeping them fed and alive and walked, believe me, is almost a full-time job and in itself. That is my one thing. And then everything else will be addressed once I've got all their meds into their little bodies and taken them out for multiple potty breaks because they're super slow these days, that's my one thing. So I just wanna encourage you to think about what's most important, what is your one thing for the next 90 days, and then break that down into smaller increments. So with that, grab your your calendar, your to-do list, any sort of obligations or invitations or things that you know are gonna happen over the last quarter of this year, Bring them all into one place in front of you and carve out like a good 30 to 90 minutes for this process. Throw on some music, grab yourself a coffee or a glass of wine or whatever. Suit your fancy and have fun with it. One more thing, you're going to hear me make reference to a time calculator in this episode. The link to that calculator is going to be in the show notes. I'm also going to link it on the YouTube page and on my website. So all of those little linky links are going to be posted in the show notes below. You can grab it there and you'll have all of the tools necessary to complete this 90-day exercise. So on that note, have fun with it and I will see you next Friday, guys. Take care. Y'all, there is just over 90 days left in this calendar year. Like, where did this year go? If you're anything like me, this year flew by just like last year did and the year before that. However, those past two years were absolute dumpster fires of a mess given the pandemic. So I don't know about you, but I am committed to having a much better end of 2022. And today I am going to take you through a handy dandy process to plan out your next 90 days with intention and purpose so that you can avoid the overwhelm and the burnout and the where the hell did this year go and whatever happened to the goals I set for myself in January. Hmm. Okay, so guys, This is what you're gonna need for today's planning session. We are going to do this together. You are gonna need your calendar system, whatever you use. I use Google Calendar and a big whiteboard calendar. That's what works for me. You might prefer paper planners or some other system. Just grab that also your task management system, which is a fancy word for saying all of the little scraps of paper with your to-do list on it. I see you ADHDers. I know you do this because I do it too. I have to-do lists on sticky notes, on the back of envelopes, in my inbox, because when I'm on walks, I email them to myself. I have them all over the house. Go take five minutes, run around your house pick up all of those random to-do lists and have them ready for this process. The one other thing that you're gonna to wanna to gather are any pieces of mail or invitations or anything that's gonna require you to RSVP or block time in your calendar to do something. So grab all of those pieces of paper, come back to your desk, and we will get started. Now, if you've been around the productivity block a while, then your task management system might also include something like Notion or ClickUp or Trello or Asana, or Google Tasks, some sort of a digital and or planner system. And lately I have been using the Panda Planner version of Rocketbook and absolutely loving it. So for whatever sort of system you like to use for managing your tasks, have that at the ready. And if you don't have one, if it's just a piece of paper for now, that's totally fine too. So once you've got all of those things gathered, the first thing you're going to need is a stiff drink. (laughs) Because of the time of day, I'm going for coffee. But if you're a millennial, it's probably an iced coffee. And if you're a Gen Z, I think they're drinking matcha these days. Step two is optional, and it has to do with goal setting and goal planning. I know that's not everybody's jam, so you can skip the step if you're not a goal planner. But if you have set goals for yourself for 2022, now is a good time to go ahead and review those goals. And they might be in your planner, they might be in a journal or whatever. Take some time to review those goals now and just get a general sense of where you are with them. Are they on track? Are you behind? Have you already hit them? Do they still matter? That's probably the most important question that you can ask yourself. Now, personally, I am a goal setter, but I'm also a goal forgetter. So I have a tendency to set goals and not follow through on them because I don't really plan them into my day-to-day schedule. That's sort of an ADHD thing where I have big ambitions, but I don't really break it down into actionable tasks. And that's why I do this 90-day system now. So whether you have ADHD or not, if you are somebody who likes to set goals, but then you tend to forget about them or they fall by the wayside or you get overwhelmed, then this process is really gonna help you. So I will share some of my 2022 goals and kind of talk you through where I feel like I'm at with them and where I wanna see myself going in the next 90 days. So from a work perspective, I had a couple of certifications that I set goals for. I wanted to get certified through the coaching school that I did my training through and check to that one. And I also wanted to get my first level certification with the International Coaching Federation, which check to that one too, I got that as well. So yay me. I'm going to take a moment to celebrate that. Okay, that's enough. Moving on. The other things that I had set for myself in terms of business goals was to create a social media plan that I could follow through on for the whole year. I did that, but it doesn't look anywhere near what I thought it was going to look like. I had grandiose plans for consistent content across all the social medias And that absolutely did not happen. However, I have been consistent 100% with my weekly email, my weekly podcast, and my YouTube videos with the exception of the month of August that I took off from YouTube. So celebration on that one for being consistent when you are not a consistent person. I also had a goal to create a coach in a box program on Notion and I did that and I released it in the summer. I will link that below. If you are a Notion user, you might find it helpful. If you're not a Notion user, see if you like Notion first before you go down that rabbit hole. I set a goal to quit my corporate job after I had topped up my 401k, and I did that very early on in the spring. Yay me. And the three other goals I had for my business was a revenue goal, which I have not yet hit, and I don't think I will, which is totally fine. I'll talk about that in a second. The other two goals was to grow my YouTube channel to 5,000, and I just crested 2,000. And that's totally fine too. I'll get into that in a second and also reach YouTube monetization, which I am very close on, but not quite yet because there's 4,000 watch hours that I need you guys to watch. So if you're not doing anything for the next three days, can you just watch all my videos? Thanks. I'm just kidding. Not really. Anyway, in all seriousness, the reason I am okay with not hitting my revenue goal or those YouTube goals is that they're kinda out of my control. I mean, I can do everything in my power to hit a YouTube subscriber list, but at the end of the day, it's gonna be what it's gonna be. It's not really something that I have 100% control over. So given that this is the first year of this business, I set goals based on what I thought was possible and maybe a little out of reach, but I did that with the knowledge that I had no idea what my first year of business was going to be like. So I'm actually pretty happy with how I'm tracking on my revenue goal, on my YouTube goals. Again, it is what it is. So if you're not subscribed yet, go ahead and hit the little red button right there. Thanks. So the funny thing is that before I looked at these goals, I had this feeling of dread, like, "Oh my gosh, I don't think I'm anywhere near where I wanted to be." Because I don't even remember half the goals that I set for myself. But now that I've actually gone through these, I realized that the important ones I have hit, like my certifications and setting up programs that were in my power and something that I really wanted for myself. Some of the other goals I have here are not even important anymore. Then I had a few other personal goals, some that I hit, some that I didn't, but. Overall, I'm really happy with how I'm tracking this year. The one thing from my goals that I would like to continue working on is that revenue goal for 2022. I don't know that I'm gonna hit it, but I can at least aim for it and see where I end up. So with that said, now that you have reviewed your goals, take some time to think about what's important to you, what's still relevant, what still matters, and what you wanna continue to chip away at for the last three months of this year. And if you haven't set goals, You might want to set some mini goals for this quarter or not, just maybe an overall desire of how you want to feel and how you want to show up. If you don't like the idea of setting goals, think about the projects that you want to complete in this last 90 days related to work, related to your home or anything else in your life that you wanted to get done in 2022. Now, once you've decided what it is you want to accomplish over the next 90 days, keep that list to the side because now we're going to go to our calendar and start time blocking things. And we're going to start with, Those big rocks or big commitments that we already know are coming. So this can be work trips, personal trips, holidays, visits, weddings, bar mitzvahs, anything that you've said yes to that that's going to take more than like two hours deserves a spot on your calendar right now. You might as well block it off. So take as long as you need now to start going through the next 90 days and literally blocking off on your calendar all the commitments that you already know are coming up. Once you put those big rocks in, the next thing to do is block time around it for specific things. So if you're traveling home for the holidays, do you need to block off time to get to the airport, to get your kids ready, for packing or dropping the dog at the sitter? If you're going to holiday parties, do you need to block off time for getting ready, getting your hair done? Also, now is a good time to start blocking off fun things, date nights with your husband. Or think about blocking off time on your calendar now for certain friends before the craziness of the holidays began. This is a great time to start pre-planning your girls' night because those things are important and they deserve time on your calendar, but they're the first thing to go by the wayside. So block off time for the important people in your life and also block off at least two hours on your calendar per week for self-care time, which can be taking a bath, reading a book, whatever makes your heart happy, which isn't related to exercise or personal grooming or anything else we do on the regular. This is your time just for you. Make sure you have that on your calendar too. Now that you've blocked off all of your commitments over the next 90 days, take a minute to estimate how many hours you have dedicated to committed time. This is going to come in handy for our next exercise, so just bear with me. It doesn't have to be perfect, just give me a number of hours that you think you're going to be spending doing all of those things. Now that you've got your number of committed hours, put it aside because we're going to focus on those projects that you said you wanted to do for the remainder of the year. So for example, in my work, I want to finish up doing a program that I'm running right now called Distraction Action. By the way, if you are interested in a productivity system that's designed specifically for busy brains who tend to find themselves in overwhelm more often than not, then check out the link below. I'll have a little bit more information for you there. But, Right now I'm running that program with a live beta group and it will be done in October. After that time, I wanna take the rest of the year to repackage it based on the feedback that I get and have it ready for launch in January. That's one project. In my home life, I really want to get my master bathroom redone. I wanna completely retile our shower and also the bathroom floor and maybe replace the tub that's in there now. So now what I wanna do is map out at a high level what I think those tasks are going to be around those two projects and how many hours I'm going to dedicate to both of them. So for project number one, which is completing the distraction to action program, I want to finish creating all of the remaining modules, getting them edited and up on the site. And I think that's going to take about 10 hours. I want to finish all of the coaching calls that I've dedicated to this group, as well as some of the individuals in the group. That's another 10 hours. I want to create a feedback survey and get it out to the group. And that's two hours complete and finalize the design of the workbook that goes along with the program. That's 10 hours. And then I want to create a promotional calendar and actually execute the promotion process leading up to the live launch in January. So all of that is a total of 47 hours. For the bathroom retile, I need to research vendors, which I'm assuming is five hours, but quite literally it's taken me longer than that already. So I'm going to limit it to another five hours. Then I need to get people in for quotes. So that's probably going to be another four to five hours. I need to pick the tile and I'm limiting myself at 10 hours for that. And then I need to move our office downstairs during the construction process so that my work doesn't get disrupted. I think that's going to take about three hours or a total of 22 hours to execute that project. And so between the house project and the work project, I'm looking at about 69, 70 hours total. So if you're interested in running through this exercise I'm about to share with you, take a few minutes to run through the projects that you wanna do for yourself and make a task list and an estimation of how many hours each task is gonna take. You don't have to get too granular with it, but you want a general estimation of how many hours each of these projects are gonna take so that you have a clear idea of what you're actually committing yourself to for the next three months. Once you have that, along with the estimation of hours of the things that are already on your calendar that you have committed to, Now, we're going to take that and put it into a time estimation calendar that's going to blow your mind. Where do you see this? So, I found this little tool on the internet. I don't know who made it, so I can't attribute it to anyone, but I will leave a link to it below so you can make a copy of it for yourself. Basically, there are 75 workdays between October 1st and December 31st, so the last 90 days of the year. Of those days, think about how many days you want to take off. Now we're coming into holiday season, so I'm taking off 5 days for holidays and I'm also taking off 5 days for a conference that I'm going to. So I'm going to plug that in here as 10 days and my typical work hours per day is usually 6 hours during the week and then sometimes I work on weekends. Well, let's be honest, I work all weekends. But 6 hours per day during the week is my typical. So that means that when I plug these in here it tells me that I only have 65 work days left and I only have 390 work hours left which feels like a lot still, but then when I think about all the commitments I've already made, all of the big projects that I want to do, it totaled 144 hours, which I would say is probably not enough, but let's just go with it, which means I have just under 250 work hours remaining and just over 30 work days left. Holy smokes. I don't know about you, but when I ran that time estimation calculator, I was shocked that I've really only got about 30-ish work days left in this year. Because when you think about having 90 days left on the calendar, you think, oh, I have plenty of time. But when you break it down, you realize that it's not that much time after all. So when I go through this process, I find it really helpful because not only does it make me get really laser focused on the the short amount of time that I have left this year, but it also helps me to create boundaries around my time because I am the first person to say yes to all the things. That is my toxic trait that continues to get me into trouble all the time. So I'm really trying hard this year to be more intentional. And this process has been super helpful for that. So I hope it's been helpful for you too. If it was, please drop a comment below, let me know your thoughts. And if you want more planning routines like this, let me know, I'm happy to do them because I do this stuff for myself all the time. It is quite literally the number one habit that I've developed this year that has been a game changer for me. I am certainly not a productivity guru by any means, I'm actually the opposite. So I'm quite proud of how far I've come along and I love talking about this process because it just keeps my brain going. So anyway, on that note, Thanks very much, guys, for listening. I hope you have a great week, and I will see you in the next video. Thank you for listening. For links and resources for this podcast, please visit its ADHDfriendly.com or click the link in the show description. Please also be sure to subscribe so you get automatic updates when new shows are posted. And, of course, please do leave us an ADHD-friendly review. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.